exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Harinku and I am your host for the next hour. Right here alongside me, we have Johnny P in the house as my co-host for today. Uh, Megan cannot be here. She has to go to a city council meeting. So I know she uh, is going to have a lot of fun tonight Absolutely. Uh, at this meeting. Uh, Megan, wish you could be here. Definitely going to miss you today. But uh, I'll definitely see you back next week. A uh, lot to get to on today's program. Uh, a lot happened this weekend. We got some Spartans to talk about. We got the Lions again losing a close one. Uh, we're going to touch on a little bit of the baseball playoffs because those are in full swing right now. Also, going to try and talk a little bit about these uh, hits to the helmet that we have seen uh, in the in the college and in the NFL. And uh, other than that, always to end the show with our enlightening and enriching facts. For you guys, but let's start the show right now with the Spartans. The Spartans faced the Fighting Illini this weekend. Uh, it was the Spartans' homecoming game, and uh, they won. Twenty-six to six was the final score. Um, it was actually a very close game the whole first half. Uh, it was six to three Illini at the end of the first half, and come the second half, the Spartans finally their defense locked down Illinois and took care of business and won this game. Now, Johnny, I want to ask you from watching the game. I know we both saw it. What were some of the things you took out of this game well i mean this is the first game that our running game got bottled up and that's something that hasn't happened all year but we actually got out gained on the ground in this game yep and uh you know that is just uh, the offensive line really didn't seem to come through i mean they got pressure on uh, cousins a lot yes, especially in the first half and you know our running backs just the holes weren't there for them you know they're going sideline to sideline instead of up and down the field yep. that's what we've been seeing all year I know you like to see you want to see them go north south I don't like seeing guys, back, especially backs like Caper Baker yeah Bell, these guys are north south runners they're, they're big guys they're power guys yeah the sure. power guys they're not they're not a job at best type I know we're going to this is NFL kind of reference but you know he's well, he can cut it to the sideline he can he can take that burst and you know whip around the corner but you're completely right I mean Illinois defensive line just uh, you know we didn't have an answer for him no not at all. And uh, I will I will say this this is definitely the worst win the Spartans have had all season. No question about it. I mean, just a lot of things that were not going well for the team. And uh, you know, Illinois, it could have been a lot different. I mean, especially at the end of the first half there. I know. Uh, you know, uh, after uh, Keyshawn Martin muffed that punt. Yeah, that, that was unfortunate. And they got the ball back, and they only ran one play before kicking a field goal, even though they had you know a good twenty or thirty seconds left. I don't know what, quite why that happened. That, yeah, yeah, I don't know what Zook was thinking there. That is a little strange. I can't remember how many timeouts they had. If, they still had timeouts. They still left. had like two, right? I think they had two or one yeah. left. But they certainly could have called a, a timeout and threw one to the end zone, maybe even twice, and then went to kick the field goal. And if they'd end up scoring a touchdown and going in, you know. 10 to 3 instead of 6 to 3 it might have been a little bit different it might have been i mean i think just uh at least you know holding them to field goals uh you know was a big key for this game uh nope. you know dan conroy right now i want to definitely give a shout out to dan conroy i think that uh he he is playing phenomenal football right now yeah. uh this kid is 13 for 13 in his field goal kicking and all the props in the world to you conroy yeah. i know you were my biggest question mark coming into the season with you know can he replace Swenson? Yeah. can this guy fill those kinds of shoes which are you know one of the best kickers in the history of this program Swenson, yeah. but this kid's got it done. Twenty-eight Absolutely. for twenty-eight on his PATs. Yeah. I mean, he's been perfect. So there's there's no no way that you can knock him for anything. No, not a thing. Absolutely. But we have a caller, so let's go to the phone lines. All right, you are on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Hey, Dave, it's Megan. What's going on, Megan? Oh, nothing. You know, just giving a call in before I have to leave for this lovely meeting at seven thirty. Yes. So, uh, did you watch the game this weekend? I did. I actually went to it. Oh, awesome. That's why I would have figured. So, uh, yeah. what did you think? Uh, like you were saying, right before I called in, you guys were like, it's got to be one of the worst wins for Spartans, and it was. I mean, I have not seen us play that bad. We've had two phenomenal weekends in a row against them, you know, Michigan and then the time before that. And yes. just watching them this weekend, I just wanted to cry. Yeah, I mean, the, the first half was very scary. Uh, you know, it was very unsettling to see how they played the first half. So, Megan, do you right. think uh, you think maybe this was a bit of a letdown for the Spartans this week? The emotions weren't quite there? 
Right. I do. I do. I think it was because we've had so much to play for lately. And then D'Antonio came on the field during the game, you know, that we all cheered for that and everything. Mm -hmm. And it was. I mean, we had such great wins before this. And then to go to this where we could barely even score in the first half, just I don't even I don't even know what to say about them about that kind of thing. They did pull it through at the end. I'll give them that win, but I think they could have done it a little bit more swiftly and a little bit more like you know better than they did. I definitely agree there. I mean, it, you know, it's a tale of two halves here. And the one good thing I will pull out of this game is that they made halftime adjustments and stuck to them. Yeah, they, they saw what wasn't working and they changed their game plan. Yeah, and Greg, Greg Jones said that there are definitely a few words thrown around at halftime that weren't uh, things that we could repeat on the air <laughs> as as they should be. But, Megan, just uh, real fast, one last question for you. Um, you know, other than just the halftime adjustments, like I mentioned, what was, the, what was the other, what was a positive thing that you saw out of the Spartans, especially in the second half of football since you were at the game? What did you see that you really liked the most out of this? I, I liked how they dealt with their turnovers. Like, I mean, not the turnovers they did, but the turnovers that were forced that yes. they would grab. Like, those were great, and they would just run it, run it, run it. I saw a great running game out of them in the second half. Yeah, they finally um, picked up. They only had four rushing yards after the first half. Yeah. So to put up 93 total, that's not right. bad. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, like, I I know we had, I'm not exactly 100% sure how many interceptions. I know we had a few, though. We had uh, three interceptions. We picked them off three times. I, that's what I thought. And just they took care of it, and they ran it, and I, they, they pulled it off in the second half. And I'm very impressed by that. But with that first half, at least instead of being a second or a first half team and not a second half team, we were a second half team rather than a first. Definitely, Megan. And listen, thanks a lot for the call. I know you got to go to this exciting meeting here real soon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you have a good time, and uh, can't wait to have you back next week. Yeah, enjoy the rest of the show. All right, you have a good one. Yeah, you too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, you know, Megan's right. I mean, they, you know, they, they did pull it together there in the second half, and that's what I was happy with. They did, absolutely. And she brought up another good point. I mean, you know, we are talking about the kicking game being a question coming into the year. The other big question was the secondary, mm-hmm. and they showed up to, uh, on Saturday. Yes, they did. The secondary showed that. I mean, yeah, three picks. I mean, Johnny Adams, you know, Trent Robinson, and uh, who was it, Marcus Hyde. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, just great, great job. I mean, if you look at uh, Darquise uh, Denard, who actually filled in for Chris L. Rucker, yeah. who has been suspended so far for only one game, but the coach still does not know if that he, – he's still up in the air about it. We don't know if he will be uh, for the Northwestern game. But great job. Yeah, like yeah, you said, the he, secondary is getting it done. He came in there. He did a, he did a great job. I mean, he got beat on one pass, but he caught up, forced a fumble, and recovered it. Yep. I mean, very impressive play from a young freshman player. Exactly. I mean, fantastic. And, I mean, right now the Spartans have 18 takeaways up to this point in the season. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that already is three more than they had all of last season. It's That's great. And I mean – that's 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 exactly it there. When you can when you're not playing exactly your best football, can, when you can force the other team to make mistakes, yeah. and you get that ball in good field position finally. And I mean, look at it, BJ Cunningham. I mean, that's the play that broke it open. The 48 yard TD pass to BJ. Yeah, that was um, great. No, that's what we needed. And again, I will go back to Dan Conroy. Dan Conroy is my star for this football team right now. Don, he's doing phenomenal. He's two away from tying Swenson's all-time record of consecutive field goals made, and he's just getting it done. I, I don't know how other, how else to say it. He's yeah. just doing it, Absolutely. and he doesn't miss. Uh, yeah, and the, the kicks are all great. I mean, there's never like a question about them. They're going right down the middle. Yes. I mean, he, he's a fantastic kicker. No, he's getting it done, and uh, real fast, I mean, we have, I mean, how can we not do this show without a shout-out to Mr. Greg Jones, who has yet again earned the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. 14 tackles. 14 tackles, you know, a pass breakup, uh, you know, against the Illinois right there. It just He's playing phenomenal. He's uh, all over the field. He's been doing that for four years for us. You know, yeah. and it's just not going to stop until you know he moves on to the NFL. Exactly, and he wanted to come back. He he's always said, "I wasn't satisfied with his six and seven finish last year. Yeah. He could have went to the NFL. He could have taken off, but he didn't." And this is now the second time he's had ten or more tackles this season, and this is the twentieth time in his entire career he's had that. He's getting it done. This kid's fun. I mean, he's he's amazing. He uh, really is. He, he knows he he takes the right route to get guys. Yeah. He doesn't waste any field. No, he knows exactly where he's going. He's not a flashy player. He's not out there, you know, cramming guys in the ground, blasting them out of their, out of their cleats or anything like that. But he's just, just you know, a very, very con- uh, conservative player yes. who just gets things done fundamentally. Yeah, he, he does it the right way. And uh, I will give the Spartans, uh, you know, their defense a lot of credit in holding Illinois to only 114 rushing yards. Uh, you know, this is a team that's been averaging over, you know, almost 200 yards rushing yeah. on the ground, uh, a lot like us. And they stuffed our run game, we stuffed theirs. And, uh, yeah, but we forced Illinois' quarterback to 
problems. Three picks for uh, Shilhasi, however you want to say it. Shilhasi, I yeah. don't know. So, something <laughs> along those lines. One thing I will say right now for the Spartans, though, they, they still need to work on these penalties. It's killing me. Um, I know a lot of these penalties came at the end of this game. A lot of these penalties were in yeah. around the fourth quarter with like three, four minutes left. The game had been decided. Game is point. pretty much done, but you didn't have the discipline. To, I just don't want to see those really dumb roughing the passers, personal fouls, just really dumb plays. Yeah, it's just undisciplined play out there. And, yeah. and, and you know, at some point, that's going to come back to, to really hurt you. It will. I mean, it, it might not against a team like Illinois. When you're at home, a game you better win, a game yeah. you should win. And, uh, you know, I think like you said, you know, I think, you know, they were due for kind of a certain letdown, not yeah. to lose a game, but, you know, they've been playing some really good football the past, uh, you know, two weeks before this game. And, you know, you knew you saw a game coming here, and I knew this game wasn't going to be a gimme. I, I knew it would be a close one, and it wasn't as close as I thought. I did I did see Illinois at least getting a touchdown. Yeah. But. It's, it's, you know, they, they won the game, and it's a W. Exactly. And that's all that really matters, and they know what corrections they have to make. Yeah. I, I, you know that they're not satisfied with this, and uh, they're going to come out and, and play better next week with any luck. Yes, and they, as they should. And that's what I want to get to right now. Uh, let's let's talk about this game coming up next week because it is uh, gigantic. Yeah. Uh, we are facing Northwestern at Evanstown. Uh, going, to be a, going to be a tough game. Uh, I've been saying this all year. This is a game not to look past. It, it really is. I mean, you got Iowa coming up the week after that. It is the sort of thing that you could look past. Yes, everyone says trap game, trap game, and I, I love that word gets thrown around way too often, you know, trap game, I get it, uh, but, you know, I think, you know, the Spartans realize where they're at. Yeah. They control their own destiny exactly. at this point, and they realize that, and I will say this, right now, just to let all of our listeners know, the Spartans are ranked 8th right now in the AP poll, 8th uh, in the coaches poll, and actually 7th yeah. in the first released BCS standings. They're getting some love from the computers. The computers are loving us, actually, uh, other than uh, just one computer poll which has us at 12 the other ones have us have us at about three and four yeah and that's uh that's great it's it's exciting as a spartan fan my whole life i love it it's great but let i'm not going to start talking big 10 title rose bowl national championship until these next two weeks are finished absolutely i mean these are two of the biggest tests you're on the road two weeks in a row going into tough places to play oh yeah and against you know teams uh, that generally play very well against us you know historically yeah without a doubt northwestern always plays us tough i mean we only beat them 24 14 last season at spartan stadium yeah. and uh, actually uh in 2007 uh, you know the Bob, uh, sorry not the bobcats the wildcats uh, they got the best of us 48 41 at spartan stadium uh, yeah i remember that that game. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty crazy. That was a pretty crazy game. Like I've said, Northwestern always plays us well. They always do. Uh, they've had a bye last week. They've had a lot of time to just focus on Michigan State. Yeah. And Michigan State needs to have that same respect that Northwestern has for us. Absolutely. And they're coming off a loss, uh, the Wildcats are, so they're going to be ready to come out and play hard yes. You know, for that home crowd. Exactly. I mean, they you know it was a tough loss to Purdue, twenty to seventeen. It was a real close game, uh, that game. And you know, the, I mean, Northwestern they're they're five and one inflated sketch. You know, inflated record. Of course it is. I mean, you know, they've had one good win in my opinion at Vandy. They were at Vandy, beat them twenty three twenty one. Beyond that, they played Illinois State, Rice, Central Michigan, and they only beat Minnesota by a point. Yeah, this so, is the biggest test of the season so far for them. They're gonna really get to know what the Big Ten uh, football is like in, in, this week, but. But like I say, I mean, they're not a team to look past at all. They oh. got a great passing attack, excellent passing attack. Twentieth in the nation right now. Uh, their quarterback uh, Persa, uh, he's phenomenal. The kid's throwing for a seventy-eight percent completion rate this season. This season, uh, he has ten touchdowns, only two picks, and he's actually their leading rusher. Yeah. Uh, they don't have the best running game, but their quarterback gets it done both ways for him, this, and he's going to be a guy to lock on. This to. guy is amazing. I mean, that completion percentage just stands out to me. That's incredible. I mean, one hundred and thirty-eight for one hundred. 177 attempts. Yeah, that's that's absolutely amazing. That, you don't see that. No, you never you see that. Don't. Like we were talking earlier in the show, like you said, that's great for a game. Yeah, exactly. for a game that's phenomenal. To do it for an entire season when you've you played six games already, this is not like after week two or three. Yeah, it's great. And, uh, you know, definitely it's going to be a tough game. But I'll say this again. I know the Spartan Nation is getting very excited at where we're at. 7-0 for the first time since 1966. Yeah. That year we won the national title. The Spartans need to go undefeated if they really want to give themselves the chance to play the national title game. Without that, you lose even or one game. At this point, probably even to play in the Rose Bowl necessarily. If we lose a game and Ohio State only has one loss, they're probably going to the Rose Bowl ahead of us. No, and they definitely will be. You are correct. You're absolutely correct. And if we lose to Iowa, 
Okay, let's say, I mean, Iowa's got a tough game next week. They yeah. play Wisconsin. Sure. You know, now Iowa's at home. Now, it's going to be a real tough game. But Iowa gets past Wisconsin, and they beat us. Yeah. There, there's no reason this team doesn't go undefeated in the Big Ten. And they won't have a loss in their conf- in the conference you know, record. And they'll go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Ohio State will go to a, a better BCS Bowl if they stay the way they yeah. are and don't lose a game. And you know what? We'll probably get a New Year's Day Bowl. Sure. And, you know, is that okay? Capital One Bowl or yeah, something we'll be nature. Capital One Bowl, the Outback Bowl, whatever it is. I mean, you know, that's where we'll end up. And in my opinion, honestly, at this point, if this team ends up 9-3, and three, or even, honestly, even 10-2, and two, I see this season as... It's a disappointment. It, it really is. I mean, the expectations are just getting high, and, and deservedly so, because we've been playing great football to this point in the year. Yes. And, you know, we just don't want that second half let down. No, you, you can't have that. I mean, listen, if you lose to Iowa, I understand. Okay? I mean, it, it, it'd be it's a tough loss, but it's against a solid, solid team. Solid team on the road. I mean... Solid team on the road. I, I, I get that loss, but you better not lose to Northwestern. You no. better not lose to Minnesota, Purdue, or even Penn State, in, in my opinion. No, Penn State's just not that good. They're not that good of a team. I mean, we'll see how Penn State looks this uh, next week because actually they're hosting Michigan yeah. at uh, you know at, uh, at at Penn State. So, I mean, a lot of big games left. That's why I said just a lot of football to play. There really is. It's it's getting to the point where you're starting to talk about what's going to be happening in January, but it's not to the point where anything's clear yet. No, nothing's clear. Like I said, give me two weeks. I will talk to you on November first, and then we'll really know. Where the Spartans Absolutely. are at. Is this team 9-0? and Are they 8-1? and You know, a lot of things still have to happen. I mean, Oregon's got some tough games ahead of them. They do. they got you to know. play USC. Yep. And that's, I think, at USC. That's going to be a tough one. It's going to be tough when they still have to play the Beavers of Oregon State. Yep. Who, uh, you know, that's not going to be a simple not, not game. Not to be underestimated, those guys. No, never. Uh, there's a lot of teams with still just, you know, tough games. And actually, coming up this weekend, two more unbeatens will drop no matter what. Uh, you have Auburn facing LSU. And you have Oklahoma playing Missouri. Yep. All four teams unbeaten. So, two more unbeatens will fall out. So Spartans just got to keep it up. They just got to keep winning because with their strength of schedule, which I have to say is very, it's weak. It it, is. It's a weak, it's a weak schedule. I mean, other than Iowa, Wisconsin, and Michigan, it's not that tough of a schedule in any way. They haven't even left the state of Michigan yet. I think we all need to remember they that's, have not left the state of Michigan after seven weeks. That's that's, that's very true. It's um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that Michigan game it was on the road, but there was definitely a lot of Spartan support yes, out I there. I mean, I was yeah, I was in Ann Arbor. It was like half and half is what it felt like. You're not going to have that same feeling at Northwestern at Iowa. It's no. going to be finally a really hostile environment. Mm-hmm. Can the Spartans rise to the occasion? Not at home, yeah. or at least not in the same state. Listen, they played in Detroit when they. They played Florida Atlantic. You're in Ann Arbor. You're only 45 minutes away when you're playing Michigan. How can they do against a decent squad yeah. in a hostile and, environment? And, it, you know, at this point in the season, what we've done so far, we're getting to the point where we're the team that everybody wants to beat. Thank they're, you. That's exactly it. Their best shot. Yes. That, that's why I was going to – perfect. Yeah. Bullseye. I mean, bullseye on the back now. When you, get, when you crack the top ten – Everybody wants to beat you. Yeah. You're not just the middle of the teens anymore. You're yeah. not just little in the 20s. You have a bullseye on your back, and I don't care what team we play, whether it's Purdue or anybody, they're looking to upset us. The teams like that, even those sort of teams, the Purdue's, the Minnesota's, you know, beating a top 10 team for them, that's probably one of the biggest wins in the history of the school. Probably. I mean, yeah, we have not looked, I haven't looked at that yet, but yeah, I mean, if they beat a, you know, <laughs> if we historic. win, it's, yeah, it's huge. I mean, that's what, that, that'll make their season. Yeah. Okay. That I mean, if Northwestern beats us, they'll get ranked. Yeah. They hands down. They will be for sure. Hands down. They've already gotten some votes every week. They were ranked uh, in one of the polls. Yeah. They for were like a week or two. Yeah. In the coaches' poll, I think they were ranked for a week or two. But like I said, Spartans. You know, you won the game. Good job. Focus on this next week. Don't look past Northwestern. I'm a little afraid for this game. I do think the Spartans still win this game. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Uh, personally, it tends to be with Northwestern. It does. For it sure. seems to be a shootout. And uh, hopefully, honestly, I think the lower scoring the game, the much better for the Spartans. If this game is in the 40s, I don't like that. No, no. I want this game and, you know, I'll keep, you know, hold Northwestern in the 20s. And, you know, if you. That would be great. Like a, a, a 28, a 31 sort of score. Maybe maybe a 24, 31, something yeah. like that would be perfect. You know, 28, 20, just, you gotta, you gotta hold it. If this game gets too high scoring, this is why, like, this is why I go back to 2007, 48, 41. You know, it, it's a game like that where you lose. Last year we beat them 24, 14. You keep it a yeah. low scoring game, a defensive minded game. And that's what I want to see out of this team. Like I said, a lot of football left to think about and talk about, but we gotta move on. We only have an hour here on this show, which is just. You know what? It's a crime for all of our listeners that we only have an hour. 
I got I got so much more I could be talking so about. So much I more. Can, Go on forever. But we know you guys love listening to us. Yeah, you, we know you love love us out there. But listen, remember, phone lines are open. 517-432-3893. That's 517-432-3893. Yeah, We're come be talk- on. Yeah, come on. Opinions. We're talking about the Detroit Lions here. And if someone out there doesn't have an opinion about the Detroit Lions, then that's just crazy. Yeah. All right, Lions, a lot to talk about. And let's get to that game. The Lions face the New York Giants at New York this weekend, and they lost 28-20. to Not without having a lot of opportunities to win this game. Absolutely. A lot of opportunities, a lot of missed opportunities, and a lot of mistakes. It's and it's the thing about the Lions that upsets me week in and week out because I it seems like every week we keep talking. You know they're getting better, they're better, they're a better team. Uh, you know they're not losing by three touchdowns anymore. They're keeping it close, but they still can't win. Yeah, and that's what it bothers me to no end because they're not losing on some amazing plays made by the opposing you know the opposing offense. Yeah. They're just shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, and I can't stand looking at that. Eleven penalties for ninety-one yards and penalties at the most inopportune time. Terrible, just, terrible penalties. Keeping drives alive. Yeah, you know, keeping drives alive when nothing happened on the no, play. We're stuffing them there on the one-yard line, and yeah. then you, you penalize, and then you stuff them two more times, and he has a little dinky pass. You know that yeah. you know Eli can throw. Eli played a crap game. He, he played. A, he didn't play. He, a he good didn't do game. anything at all. No, it was all about you know Ahmed Bradshaw and and, and uh, Brandon Jacobs. Yeah. Those were the guys who killed us. No, they they took it over. I mean, you know, they rushed for 167 yards on us. And Johnny, I got a question. Where did Detroit's running go? I you what know, happened? I don't know. I guess it was all and Javid Best Toe, the one that's got yeah, the turf toe. The turf because toe, yeah. <laughs> it seems like ever since that happened, they've just not been able to get anything done on the ground. Our leading rusher uh, you know, in this game was uh, Drew Stanton. Drew Stanton for 30 yards, three carries. I mean, you look at Javid Best here, 12 carries, 16, 16 yards. Yikes. I mean, that's just terrible. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not I'm not getting down on job at best. It has a lot to do with uh, New York's defense. Yeah. They, have a fa- they have a fantastic defense, don't get me wrong. They but absolutely do. It goes back, you know, we rank 27th now in the NFL in rushing. Yeah. And, you know, before, if you look at what around week one, week two, you were thinking differently when looking at the running game. Yeah, no question, especially when you thought, oh, well, Kevin Smith's going to be back. He only had four carries in this game for 17 yards. I think they really need to get the ball to him a little bit more. They do, and I think they need to use Felton more. I think they just need to rotate these guys around more. I mean, and you watch Javid Best every time. I want to see him being used more in the pass. Yeah. More in the slot, more in screens. He really is fantastic at that part of the game. Yeah, and he just, I don't think, you know, they're not giving him enough. Uh, Kelvin Johnson, though, looked phenomenal. Megatron, as always, I mean. Amazing, amazing game from him. I mean, except for that one pass that, you know, he jumped up to grab, and he had his hands on it. Bounced out in the interception at the end of the game that really sealed it. But hey, eighty-nine yard touchdown grab. He was all alone going down the yeah. field on that one. They completely missed, and uh, I mean, five receptions, one hundred and forty-six yards. Uh, Calvin Johnson seems to impress me more and more each week. I don't know how he makes the, the catches he does. He gets it done. Uh, you know, Drew Stan came in and he did as well as a third-string quarterback could do. Absolutely, he hasn't played much in his career. No, he's barely played. He's, he went nineteen for thirty-four, two hundred. 22 yards. He had a touchdown, and then that one pick you just mentioned, which actually was to Pettigrew. Oh, uh, was, you're right. I'm yeah. sorry. No, that's what, yeah, but it was to Pettigrew. It was a little high of a toss, but you know what? Pettigrew even said, if you get your hands on the ball, you should catch it. Should. And that's what that's what good wide receivers do. They make the grabs that aren't perfect passes. Exactly. Although, I mean, not to knock Pettigrew, he had a good game himself. He had seven catches. He had 61 yards. Yes. Burleson had a fairly good game himself, too. He had, the, he had a nice touchdown. Mm-hmm. He had six grabs. Those two guys, you know, have really been able to do a lot of things for us. You know, playing off of Calvin Johnson, they have, and I mean, that's the th- I guess that's the thing that just irritates me the most is that you see so many pieces that are just so good, so good on this team, and you think, God, you know, this team's got a chance. I mean, New York didn't play a fantastic game no. this weekend, not by any means. They, but you know, what are you doing there with you know? Burleson catches the ball, gets to the five-yard line, and we get called back by an illegal formation yeah. call on Goster Chairless. Yeah. What are you doing, Chairless? Yeah, why aren't what you, are you doing? Get on the line. Get on the line. Just, that's such a mental error that it's it just it's unacceptable. Yeah. That kind of penalties. There's certain penalties that you know what they happen. I get it. That kind of penalty right there. That stupid, you know, yeah. you know, personal foul. It's it's those are week one penalties, preseason penalties. Yeah, those those aren't regular season getting into it. Once you've been playing, you're in the swing of things sort of penalties. No, they're not. And just the turnovers. I mean, God, Burleson's fumble. I mean, don't get me wrong. Burleson had a decent game. He had the nice touchdown catch. Yeah. You know, to start the first quarter, but. 
you can't you can't you can't do that when you're a team that has lost 23 straight road games. Yeah. You can't make those kinds of mistakes. You can't turn the ball over three times. Yeah, and and when you're and if you do fumble it, you're on the ground and the ball's behind you. He was reaching for it behind his back. Roll over on that thing. Give Just your fall body up to get that ball because yeah. you got to change that mentality, that losing way that you have right now. Thank you. I mean, that's it. I mean, and you know what? I want to get shout out to Jason Hansen, who yet again is you know pretty much the best player on the Detroit Lions week to week. He keeps us in the game. I Absolutely. mean, it was an incredibly windy day, and he still knocked down two fifty-yard field goals. Yeah, that which I mean, he has to. Kick it to the left to make it go right. Like, I gotta say, you know, people our age, we grew up with Jason Hansen. We've never known anything but Jason Hansen. Right. As and maybe it's hard to tell just how how amazing of a kicker he's been throughout his his long career. Yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. Always the unsung hero. Um, you know, he did it in the Green Bay game, four field goals. He only missed one, which is like a fifty-two yarder. Yeah, um, he always gives his team a chance. And uh, my problem is the Lions, as a team, don't give themselves a chance. Yeah. They, they just uh, shoot themselves in the foot. The penalties and the turnovers, when you're a team that undisciplined and you just, you've been struggling to just win, you can't do that. Look at the Giants. Two penalties for 15 yards. Yeah. That's nothing. That's negligible. That, that's that's going to happen no matter what game. Yeah, there's going to be penalties for sure. But, yeah, that was really the difference in the game right there. If you take away maybe five or six plays... It was a very evenly played game. Maybe you could even say Detroit was playing better. But it's just yeah. those crucial mistakes that we made and that the Giants did not make. No, they didn't make. The, yeah, they didn't make those mistakes. I mean, yeah, they did fumble the ball once. We did force a fumble, and you know that's something. But you know, week to week, I will say most penalized team in the in the in the NFL. And yeah. if you can say the most penalized team in the NFL, and you're one in five. Why do you think that might be? Yeah, Turnovers, penalties. Definitely a huge part of it. It's just, you know, it's classic football. You, you look at the box score. I don't care how many yards. You know, that's the thing. You look at sometimes, oh, look at how many passing yards. Yeah. Look at how many. Oh, wow. How are the Lions losing this yeah. game, right? Well, look at the other stats. Yeah. Yeah. We, we outgained them 366 yards to 334, but you add in another 91 on that 334, and they're looking pretty good in the, in the yards category against yeah. us. Yes, they are. And uh, like I said, I mean, the Lions close with no cigar. I mean, I mean, I will say, yeah, they're getting better. I don't want to get too hard on the Lions, but they're oh, they're one in five. Yeah, and I've said it. I said it during the Green Bay after the Green Bay game. You're one in five. You lost. I don't care if you lost close. You lost. That's uh, it's still an L. It's still an L. It's this this league. This is not baseball. You don't have time to really figure yourself out. This is a 16 game season. Yeah, and when you're one in five, yeah, you know you have a bye week coming up. Stafford's coming back. You know, good thing. Definitely, especially with Hill having a broken arm. Yeah, Hill bro- breaks his forearm, and I mean, you got Schwartz talking right now that there's no reason he might not go out and pick up a free agent quarterback just just in case. They might have to. They uh, might even just you know somebody else. And I mean, you know, Drew Stanley did a pretty good job, but uh, I feel bad for Stan. I feel he just I think he would do better in a different team. Yeah, I think I, he would get an opportunity. I think you're right. I, I, you know, I mean, he does have talents that could be utilized with obviously with his legs, he can create things. Yes, and that's the sort of thing that the Lions just have never used him for, and it's it's kind of a question mark as to why. I know, especially I've, when it's not like he got a lot to throw away, but he could come in there and change things up and you know make a difference for you. He could, and I mean, if you want to look ahead for the Lions' schedule, I mean, we have a bye week, like I said, next week. After that, we are at home playing the Washington Redskins, mm-hmm. which. I don't know. It's it's a it's a winnable, winnable game. It's a winnable game. Washington is a very up and down team. They are. And so it's they played the played the Colts pretty well yeah, last night. They did. Uh, but you know you're right. It's a winnable game. It's a game at home. Yeah. I'll tell you, the Lions lose that game. They are without a doubt going to be one and seven going into playing Buffalo. And I just you know one and, they're not beating the Jets. They're not beating the Jets no. the week after the Reds. No, you kidding absolutely me? not. They're not going to win that game. And I mean you know what? You better beat Buffalo at Buffalo, the, wor- yeah. my, the worst team in the NFL right yeah, now. Absolutely, yeah. Buffalo is a ship without a sail out there. Ship without a rudder. Yeah. They're, they're going nowhere. No quarterback. No no offense whatsoever. No, they're absolutely so pathetic. That's that's where you got to end that that road losing streak. Get that monkey off the back, please for do. Because sure. you know what? They lose that one. They, they, that streak could get all the way to thirty. They, they're they're not going to win another road game after, they, the rest of the year if they don't no, prove they it. They won't because Buffalo. You, no, you have other road games. It's going to be at Tampa. Yeah. You're at Miami. Yeah. Uh, you know you have you have some tough road games still ahead. Absolutely. And you know if they don't get it done against Buffalo, then I don't even know. I know that's three weeks from now. But I, I'm just still more 
more focused on the road losses. This is why I didn't pick them to win because I, I will never pick them to win a road game really until they win a road game. Absolutely, you got to prove it. I mean, it's, it's a totally different story when you're on the road, and they just have not proven it at all that they can handle that. No, they haven't. And uh, right now, uh, I just want to you know say um, Zach Follett, who was the linebacker who got uh, he injured his neck actually on a kickoff play. Uh, in this last game, he's actually he's doing a lot better. He passed a CT scan and M- MRI exam uh, on Sunday, yeah. and he's been cleared to travel. And uh, he's actually he's got movement in all of his extremities, which is really nice to see. Um, you know, just get better, Zach, because yeah. uh, those uh, those hits to the head are very dangerous, scary. and they're scary. They're very scary. Uh, it's a very violent sport. And, you know, I think, you know, we forget about this from time to time and we don't see one of these kinds of injuries for a few weeks or maybe right. even a season. But I don't th- I think we can all remember Kevin Everett uh, in 2007 on the Bills who did Absolutely. have that spinal injury. And he's, he is walking again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's he's a, recovered. That's a great story. That's fantastic. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a scary thing to see. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate to see a guy go down like that. And not to mention just it's another linebacker, you know, woes yeah. for the Lions. If Absolutely. you want to just, you know, a team that's struggling and now just riddled with injuries. Uh, you know, even if Javid Best is playing, like you said, he still has turf, though. Yeah. And he's not 100%. Yeah. No matter, I don't care what anyone says, the guy's not 100% for sure. You can tell. Yes. You can tell. I mean, looking at him before that injury, you know, the, the cuts he was able to make, the speed that he had, it's just not quite there yet. Definitely not. But uh, we are going to take a quick break right here. When we come back, we're gonna uh, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about hits to the head. Because the NFL has come out, and they're, they're talking about possibly suspending players now for hits to the head. And uh, we, need, we do need to talk about a Rutgers uh, football player who actually got hurt this weekend in the same fashion. So we'll take a quick break. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Uh, remember, our phone lines is 517-432-3893. Uh, we're going to get to and talk about hits to the head right now because uh, it seems to be an issue, especially after this weekend. As we said, Zach Follett, uh, you know, uh, had a neck injury after getting hit in the head on a kickoff return. And uh, actually... Rutgers player Eric Legrand uh, suffered a uh, paralyzed. He got paralyzed. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, uh, same thing on the kickoff return play uh, late in the fourth quarter with about five minutes left, and uh, you know no one knows how he's doing right now. He's just he's really not talking much. He's just mm-hmm. resting up. And, uh, you know, these hits to the head, they are a scary thing. Um, they're a very scary thing. I think, uh, we, like I said, we all remember Kevin Everett a few years ago. And uh, right now, the league, the NFL has actually come out and they're considering suspending players for illegal hits to prevent these serious injuries. And uh, I completely agree. Me too. A hundred percent with this is this goes way beyond protecting a, like a quarterback with some of these ticky tack, you know, roughing the passer calls. When you're intentionally trying to go head to head with a guy, it's ridiculous, and it should not be allowed at all. Because um, I, I just you see it time and again, and these are just very scary injuries. Yeah, I mean you're putting you know not only the player that you're hitting, but even your own not your life in jeopardy, but your your well being in jeopardy. You could really ruin the rest of your life. Yeah, out there, you know, paralyzed, completely not able to move 
forever. Yeah, because not everyone's going to be a, a Kevin Everett story. Not yeah. everyone's going to you know finally be able to walk again and yeah. make that kind of recovery. Some guys might, a lot of guys and might not. There's more to it than that. I mean, concussions, even just you know, it's that, that don't result in the concussion. Those things can add up over the years. How many stories do we hear about former football players who can't walk? They got the shakes. They just can't even think. They're depressed. They just, yeah, they're, dementia. The, you know, all you know, just Alzheimer's. I mean, they just don't have it. Yeah, because I mean, and you saw there were a lot of hits to the head this weekend. I mean, you got the Sean Jackson and Falcons Dunta Robinson. Yeah. they were both knocked out of the game with yeah. just that frightening collision. They that had. was a scary looking one. I mean, just like you said. I mean, and look, Ravens tight end Todd Heap. I guess I, I read he took a vicious hit here for yeah. Brandon Mayweather. Absolutely, uh, Merriweather, excuse me. And you know, like Heap said, these shit should these hits should not happen. Yeah. There's just no excuse for him. I don't know why guys think I don't know like you said why put yourself at risk exactly it's not a guarantee that just because you're hitting a guy with your head that you're not going to get hurt no it's, it it's, could go either way it's very true I mean and it, you know high school players younger players you know in the Pop Warner system they take their cues from the NFL players and the NFL has a responsibility to be aware of that because yep. these are kids with developing brains way more likely to be hurt from that sort of thing way more likely to have long term effects and you know if they're seeing you know their favorite players out there doing the, you know these sort of you know um, just vicious hits to the head they're going to be out there thinking they're going to do the same thing exactly. and you know we got young kids with bright futures who might just have that ruined I know and you know we need to protect that the NFL has to do a better job with that and you know what you have to suspend the guys because yeah. I, you know I read a very telling uh, quote here from Rodney Harrison uh, Rodney Harrison who's now an analyst for NBC who was fined more than 200 grand during his career and uh, was suspended for one game actually in 2002 for a helmet to helmet hit now, here he says, quote, unquote, you didn't get my attention when you find me five grand, 10 grand, 15 grand. He said during this, this is what he said during the pregame broadcast for Sunday Night Football. He says, quote, you got my attention when I got suspended and had to get away from my teammates and I disappointed my teammates from not being there. You have to suspend these guys. These guys are making millions of dollars. You slap a 15, 20, they don't care. Yeah, that's nothing to them. It's, it's pocket, pocket change. Exactly. It's a, you know, it's a value meal for us. It's yeah. nothing. All right, these guys need to get suspended and realize, you know what? I might be out for a few weeks. Exactly, I might be out for a month if I'm viciously, violently. Listen, we all know there's accidents. Sometimes guys just yeah, they, they collide, yeah, yeah, they collide, and happen. that happens. Sure, but there needs to be something done about just. I think it's too often that we see these helmet to helmet hits, yeah. and it's surprising that honestly more guys aren't really hurt more. I it's just, it is. I mean, it's a blessing, but it is it is a bit of a surprise, and it, it ties right into the concussion. Uh, issue that's been brought up you know over the past couple of years yes it's it's it takes you know cracking down on this and making sure the players are using their equipment properly yeah you see too many times helmets popping right off you know these guys chin traps are unstrapped they don't have their mouth guards in i know what do this, they take this sort of stuff it's it's a dangerous game and you got to realize that it's it, it is i mean it, I, i've had arguments with this with other people uh ryan if you're listening out there which i know you're probably not but he tries <laughs> to uh he believes that the nhl is actually the more physical league. No, it's not. It's, it's not. It, it comes it's, down to the size and, and strength of the players. Yeah, right? size and strength. Exa thank you. You got 300-plus pound guys who can run, you know, a 40-yard dash in less than five seconds. You know, it just doesn't seem like it should be humanly possible. These guys are human wrecking balls. Exactly. And, like, a lot of these injuries, like, we see that are on kickoffs, they're yeah. on punt returns. In, I'm sorry, in the NHL, you don't have both teams starting on opposite ends of the ice and yeah. then charging each other. Exactly. That doesn't happen. Okay? Exactly. They're not going full blast at each other. The NFL is a violent game. I will get back to the shelf life of NFL players. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's so short? Yeah. Why do you think guys, when they hit 30, are practically done? Absolutely. It's, it's a rough... It's not a coincidence. Rough, violent sport, and you know they, we got to take every precaution to keep these guys safe. Yes, definitely. And I want to read a, a quick quote here by the uh, NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations, uh, Ray Anderson. He says, "Quote: There's strong testimonial for looking for looking readily at evaluating discipline, especially in the areas of egregious and elevated dangerous hits. Going forward, there are certain hits that occur that will be more susceptible to suspension. That there are some that could bring suspensions for what are flagrant and egregious situations." Exactly, Ray Anderson. I mean, this needs to be taken care of yeah. this season. Exactly. I don't want to wait now. till the end of the season. It starts now. All right, yeah. you start talking with the players' union. Mm -hmm. You work this out. 
because they're just they, you know Goodell can't wait on this and the NFL actually does a good job at really figuring stuff out during the year for themselves they don't wait the MLB will take five years to fix a rule yeah, you know absolutely. I mean, you know the NHL actually the NHL is probably the best with implementing rules I think immediately seeing what's wrong and just taking care of it they, yeah, they actually, I mean, even last season with hits to the head, you know, blindside hits to the head, um, you know, guys were elbowing people just skating up the ice. Yep. They, they got rid of that real quick. Yeah, they did. I mean, we saw some scary hits last year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they took they took that problem on right away and said, you know, this is, it's not going to fly. Yeah. We're not going to stand for this. And the NFL needs to do the same thing. Because with this last weekend of football, I mean, that's why that's why when we go back and we start thinking about the expansion of the regular season, season which, honestly, yes, I... I do like the idea because I, I just want—I'd like to see more football. But you know, it goes back to how long are these guys' careers going to last? Uh, exactly. When you're playing two more games, that really counts. I mean, we're only right now in weeks—that was week six. Yeah. Then I mean, look look at what we've seen. A lot of guys knocked out. A lot already. of guys knocked out. A lot of guys gone down. And I mean, that's all around the league. That goes way beyond the Detroit Lions' woes and their injuries. I'm talking about all kinds of players on different teams and. Yeah. You know, it's just it's something that needs to be addressed. We know it's a violent sport, and guys are going to get hurt no matter how many rules you have out there. Absolutely, it's, it's a violent game. But and, and they know that they know the risks. But you know, we just you, you can't have these, especially with the retired players. That you don't see that, and you don't really know what's going on. But there's just so many of those guys out there who just have a terrible quality of life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you know, it's sad. A lot of these NFL players later in their lives just uh, they don't even remember they played in the NFL. Some yeah. Of them. You, you know, you can't really be coherent and be correct when you've had 10 concussions. Exactly. It's just your brain's getting jarred around way too much. Nobody can handle that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like I, I will just say, you know, on a final note, I just I hope the NFL takes action soon enough. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to post a little lead on ESPN.com and have people like us read it, but I need to see action, and I want to see it within the next few weeks. Uh, exactly. It should not take any longer than that. I don't think it's that difficult to say. And you know what? It needs to be black and white. I don't, I mean, I don't think, I mean, obviously in a sense it's case by case, but I think there needs to be, if it's a helmet to helmet hit, and yeah. you can tell the guy did it on purpose, Yeah, there's an automatic whatever it is, two games, three yeah. games. Just it, they, there Something. can't just be such a gray area to say, well, this I don't know he kind of he kind of went at him with his helmet, but then well I don't know this no you can't have all this you got you got to err on the side of caution in this yeah. sort of case. For Thank sure. you, and uh, we will move on from that. That was uh, it's a little little sadder topic, but uh, definitely uh, one that's very uh, important. It needs to be brought up. It, it does. Uh, but right now, well, let's get to baseball because uh, we haven't had a chance to really talk much baseball. And uh, right now, the playoffs are really going. Uh, right now, the Texas Rangers are playing the New York Yankees tonight at New York. That series is all knotted up one to one. Cliff Lee versus Andy Pettit. Going to be a good one. The timeless and Andy Pettit. Always, oh, always getting it done. Yep. And you know he's going to step up in this game. But uh, but with Cliff Lee on the mound, this is Texas's big chance to really take control of this series. I think. I agree. They have to win this game. I, I don't think they can. If they lose this game, and I, I consider the series over. I, I I tend to agree with you. I mean, especially with New York, you know, being able to put out Sabathia twice more. Yep. Uh, which they will be able to do. Which you know, Texas is not going to be able to put out Lee twice more. He's going to get one more start yep. after this, if if any. And one more start, and it would probably wouldn't even be till Game Seven. Yeah, exactly. You know? So you have to even get to Game Seven to get Lee right to have another start. So, you know, Texas. I mean, I'd love to see Texas in the World Series. I pick New York to go there. Yeah. But same with same with me. Right on page with you. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I'm not. I don't dislike New York. I actually like them. I know we've gotten into arguments about this. <laughs> it seems like a lot of my friends just hate the Yankees, and I, they just dislike them. And I understand that they're they're easy to hate, uh, very easy to hate. But uh, I, I I like both of these teams. Actually, I like uh, I like the Rangers and the Yankees. Uh, I'd rather see the Rangers. I want to see something different. Yeah, in the World Series final. It'd be nice. I mean, the Rangers have had just such a just a terrible pass with you know they didn't win a home playoff game until this year I know. until last or two nights ago two nights ago exactly <laughs> i mean that's just incredible but uh yeah, they, they're they're playing some pretty good baseball right now. Both of these teams obviously are. This is a good tight series at this point in time, and yes, you know, then some guys stepping up who uh, you know maybe aren't the big name guys. Josh Hamilton is not the guy out there doing his Nelson Cruz. Nelson you know? Cruz. It's it's Ian Kinsler. I mean, the bottom of the order for the uh, the Texas Rangers is playing phenomenal right now, getting a lot of RBIs, a lot of hits. I completely agree, and uh, it's gonna be a good game tonight. Uh, I see. I just I have this nagging feeling that Cliffley's finally going to, he's going to kind of get hit a little bit today. Yeah. It's not going to be bad, 
And Cliff Lee stayed for any other starter, it'd be good. Right. But I think I you know Cliff he gets Lee, up three runs, yeah, something yeah, like that. Three earned. You know, all right. Bad game, not yeah. really at all. No, for Cliff Lee probably. For his, for, yeah, I mean, the past two years he's had seven starts. He's six and all with a one forty four ERA and three complete games. Yeah, I fantastic. Mean, that's just incredible pitching, and yeah, that's just not gonna keep up forever. It's you know? tough. I mean, he's on the road here. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be you know hostile environment as we talk about a hitter's ballpark too. Yankee oh, Stadium geez, for man. sure. I mean, that porch out in right field. It's, it's it's like basically just past first base. I know, man. If someone was lobbing me pitches there, I. Could maybe knock one over there over yeah. that little dinky wall. Yeah, it's like two foot high. Uh, it's ridiculous, but it's going to be a great game tonight. Uh, definitely uh, one to catch. Uh, moving on to the National League real fast. Uh, right now, another knotted up series: uh, the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Francisco Giants tied one to one. Phillies tied it up last night. Yeah, great pitching out there by Oswald. Absolutely, he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal, and you know. The offense took care of business once it finally got to about the eighth, seventh, yeah, eighth inning. They really picked it up there. You know, scored what five or six runs. Yeah, in grand the slam. Eighth, I, I forget who hit the grand slam, but uh, I don't know. Doesn't really matter. Nonetheless, the Phillies actually got took care of business. Yeah, um, I want the Giants to win this series. I do not. Want to see the Phillies? You see, you I see, don't want to I see. I would them. not mind seeing the Phillies. I really do like that team for whatever reason. I just like a lot of the guys. They got Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, a couple of my favorite players yeah, to watch. I like them. I just, I don't. Know, I'm tired of the Phillies. No, they're there I, every year now, and I, I don't know. I guess you could say the same thing about the Yankees to agree recently, but. It's it's true. It's I mean, fi- hey, I'm not really mad to see a Texas San Francisco matchup in the World Series. That'd be a lot of no. fun. It'd be something different. It would be. Now, I don't think the MLB would love they to would see. Not, it. And they would not like that for the ratings at all. Absolutely, no, they would not be a fan of that. But uh, but hey, if it happens, it happens. It's, it's still a lot of baseball to be played before we get there. I mean, this uh, game tomorrow with Cole Hamels and Matt Cain facing off against each other should be a real good one. It should be fantastic. And, uh, and what I'm what I like most right now about how the playoffs have been going is that it's about the pitching. Yeah, I like seeing lower scoring games and seeing pitchers battle it out to see if the hitters can finally figure them out and Absolutely. get to them. And that's what we've seen this so far in this postseason, which I just personally enjoy. It, it makes it makes each run just seem so much more exciting and more impactful when there's not as many. I mean, it's not like an eight to seven game. Yeah, you know, guy knocks one out and you're like. That might be the game right there. That might be it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, last night that's how you know the Giants Phillies games were shaping up two to one. Yeah. You thought who's you know who's going to score? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, they finally pulled away a little at the end there, but but yeah, this is a it's been a great year for pitching, obviously, and it's continued into the postseason. Yes, it has. You're the pitcher. I know we've heard that a million times, but it's true. The yeah. pitchers are they're taking ownership right now of the league, and I love it. I love seeing that. I think that's a, that's that's the best kind of baseball you can watch. Maybe not always the most exciting when it's yeah. not you know like you said a high scoring game, but to me that's the kind of baseball. And what it, and what it forces offenses to do is you know play that sort of small ball. You know get get runners moving. You know yep. do hit and runs, try to steal bases, and that's exciting baseball right there to watch. Definitely, it because it, to me it becomes more of a man. You know a, a skipper battle. Yeah. You know who can you know who can outchest the other guy. Yeah. What are you gonna you gonna sacrifice here? Yeah. You gonna move you gonna this put runner? The He's gonna I mean, what are you gonna do? And you know that's exciting because yeah, when the bats are going, honestly, you know these managers sit back and kind of let them take hey, care. Take of your it. swings, take your swings, and you know we'll just try to outscore them. Yeah. But you know when you have to really start, like I said, when it becomes a chess match, and that's what we're definitely seeing right now in the National League, especially absolutely uh, with the pitching that's going on out there. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, like it's been a great playoffs, and uh, like it's only one one. These are going to be some long series, yeah. uh, especially the Philly Giants series. I see that one going, uh, maybe going the distance. It might, it might. I mean, you, you got just you know, each team has three fantastic pitchers, and they're going up against each other each game. I mean, I know you got Blanton and Baumgartner in Game Four, not exactly, not not exactly, but even Baumgartner did a good job. He certainly did. I don't know about this Blanton. He's uh, he's had some bad outings, uh-huh. and uh, it's it's an interesting thing that they're going to be going with him. That could be a crucial game in the series, even more so than the game uh, tomorrow night. It's true. Could be a very, uh, I mean, it's going to be close. Like I said, yeah. these series are very close. Uh, tonight, Texas has to win. Texas yeah. loses tonight. I'm sorry. You know, the Yankees are going to have another game at home, and I, I could yeah. see him just, you know, making it 3-1 to one the, and the only, it up. The only thing that they, they have is that they're going to be putting A.J. Burnett on the mound, and he's he's been pretty shaky. He's a question mark, So definitely. that might be a chance for Texas to get a get an easy win out of it, but... 
I don't know. You never know. Those are the sort of guys who tend to have great pitching performances when you least expect them to. You never saw it coming. Yeah, baseball playoffs going great. You know, definitely you get a chance if you want to tune in. Uh, always good. Uh, you know, got a Monday night game up tonight too. Jacksonville and the Texas, Texas Tennessee Texas Titans. Titans, not the Texas Titans. And uh, you know, I mean, that's definitely not the game to watch. <laughs> the baseball game is <laughs> no, probably. I, I think I think that trumps it for sure. Yeah. I mean, it should be an, an exciting game too in its own right, though. It, it should be. It, you know, it's a nice divisional matchup. It and, is. Uh, those always uh, close games. That that division, the AFC South, is shaping up to be a pretty good one to watch. Throughout the season, I yeah, think. With the Colts not being as dominant as yeah. you know they have been in the past years, and you know Jacksonville, you know they, they can put it. They put it together the last two weeks. They have, they have. I mean, and they've been involved in exciting games. I know, and that's you know that's what I really care about, honestly, from these sort of things. If the Lions aren't involved, they're a team that I'm really rooting for. I just want to see some great football. Just good out football. There. I think we saw that last night in the Colts uh, Redskins game. And yeah, you have a lot of good, you've had a lot of good games. I mean, look at the Ravens and the Pats this last week. This that weekend. was very exciting. That's, I mean, I wanted a tie. Yeah, I was begging for a tie. I'm like, don't make, don't make the field goal. Yeah, we need a tie game. We need another one in the NFL. They, they're such a rarity. Yeah, Please they might be them. going away forever. So exactly, we might never have another one. So I was I was praying for one there. But even the Miami and the Green Bay game. I mean, Miami, you know, thirteen to ten took yep. an OT. And you know what's you know what's upsetting is that if the Lions could have strung something, they would have had a chance Absolutely. in this division this year. Yeah, these two powerhouse teams that everybody was talking about, Minnesota yeah. and Green Bay. Green Bay, not, Super Bowl contender. Not shown it so far no, this season. Three and three. All. They're three and three. I mean you have to you know, the Vikings sitting there at what now, a two and three? Two and three, right they had their now. Buy, yeah. and you know Chicago's at four and two, which is you know roughly around where I think a lot of us saw them. Yeah, to a degree. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, you know, if we could, we could be right in contention. We could be. You know, I mean, take a you know take that Green Bay game, take you know that Philly game. Yeah, to you know give us the the win that we probably deserved in the take Bears. The Chicago game. game. Yeah. yeah, I mean you know I mean this season could be different. You know these teams that we thought were supposed to be something. Are mediocre. Yeah, absolutely. At best right now. Yeah, that is that is one of the things that's just really the saddest part about this season so far, and that a lot of people are mentioning. It really is. Uh, we got a call right now, so let's take the call. Hey, you're on the Spartan Sports Rep. Yeah. Hi. Hey, what's going on? Who is this? It's John. Hey, how's it going, John? Good. So, what are you calling in about? I'm calling in because I just want you to understand that this is my prediction and. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to fly or not, but uh, Michigan State is going to lose their next two games. Lose their next two? Both of them. Wow. Okay, now, okay, listen, I mean, I, we could go all day about whether they would, you know, the Iowa game. I don't even want to argue that because that's two weeks from now. Tell me why you think they're going to lose to Northwestern. Well, you know what? I don't want to get into uh, no, you get into specifics. Like you make a, you make a pick like this that. Is you a tell bold me why. prediction here. You tell me why. Because I think that. The way they came out with their last game, they came out flat. They, they, they did? They didn't come out like they wanted to win, and all of a sudden they had to be coached into trying to win the game. And that happened in the, in the half. Yeah, okay. and they, they figured it out. Yeah, they figured it out. Now it's the time to work. You can't just figure it out. You have to go out to want to win. You have to go out to want to dominate. You have to want to go out to kill. You, this, is, this is it. This is this is what makes the team a team. I mean, it's not like nonchalant. I mean, well, I agree with seen, that. What but. I seen last week, okay. What I seen a few days ago was okay, fine. But you know what? You're going out. It's played these teams now. Just because you have a seven and zero record, yes, it doesn't make you. Uh, the best team. Well, I know, and that's what I've said. Now, listen, John, I, I've said this. That listen, it's seven and zero. It's fantastic. It's great to get excited about. We're talking There's, about they got the they got the target on their back. Now. Yeah, we've said this. There is a bullseye, and teams are going to be playing their best football to try to beat us. But I just want a couple specific reasons. You just see State coming out this flat two weeks in a row, especially on the road against Northwestern. John, do you think they're going to come out flat again? Well, you know what. I think that something has to be, and I don't know who's going to say what in the locker room and who's going to really motivate these kids to actually do something out on the field at the beginning of the game and not at the half, but at the beginning of the game because that's what worries me. Is like, are, are they going to wait and all of a sudden try to get something together and then uh, is it going to be like a close game or are they going to come out right at the beginning and say, hey, you know what? This this means everything right now. Not not in the second half, but right now. 
And, and you know, that's what's worried me. I mean, I, I know the record is good, and I know they're good, but, I mean, let's not get it to their heads. I mean... Hey, listen, I agree with that, John. Um, I will say this. I do think the Spartans are going to be Northwestern this next week. I don't want to get to this Iowa game yet. We have to see how they look on the road finally. They haven't yeah. played on the road. This, this is, is what I want to see. First true road bus. I will say this. If the Spartans do win, you call in so I can rip you a new one, okay? How's that sound? That sounds good, but I guarantee it the next two are going to be a loss. You're guaranteeing it? All right. Well, if you are if you are incorrect... You call in next week, and I'm going to let you I have will. it. I'll call in with the tail between the legs. All right. Well, I'm going <laughs> to let you have it, John. All right. Well, listen, you have a good one. Uh, thanks for the call. You have a good night. All right. You too. All right. Later. All right. I mean, again, I can see, yeah, they could lose this game. I understand that. But I need reasons why. Uh, yeah. That's what I need. I need specifics. Uh, do you think Purse is just going to throw all over us? Do you think our secondary is going to let down? That's that, that's what you know would happen if, if we do lose this game. It's not going to be coming out flat. No. They learned their lesson this week. And that's They're what I think, too. I'm actually, actually kind of happy to have them, see them come out and kind of yeah. you know learn from, like, we can't play another first half like this against better opponents. Yeah, absolutely. And on the road, because like you even said, they scored that touchdown there at the end of the half. It's a different game. It's 10-3, and it's a whole different ball game. They do realize they need to play a full 60 minutes. Or at least they should. Or at least they, yeah, please, please do. Okay, I mean, please do. But um, I still I still think they're going to win this game. Uh, you know what? I don't know what to say about Iowa. They have to play Wisconsin this next weekend. Yeah. That will tell me a lot. We, they didn't look very impressive against Michigan. We, we can't be talking about Iowa if we could talking about the Spartans not looking past Northwestern. Yeah, we're doing seriously. The exact same so what am thing. I doing here? I'm, uh, you know, I'm just pretty... blowing smoke. All right. So no, you know, we, we focus one week at a time because that's the problem when you see with football teams and when they do look past an opponent. You know, everyone, like I said, trap game, trap game. Well, I think the Spartans realize the privilege that they have right now yeah. at 7-0 and and being in control of their own destiny. I'll say it again. In control of their own destiny, Ohio State losing gives us the reins. Yeah, absolutely. The Spartans realize they are in, I mean, 46, 44 years since they've been 7-0. and that's Most of, a like they've said, a lot time. of a lot of these guys' parents might not have even been born yet that are yeah, on the team. Absolutely. So I mean, it's not something to look past. I think the Spartans realize, like I said, the privilege that they have right now of being seven and zero and having the chance. I mean, the only what, what tough these next two weeks are their tough games. It is. That's it. This I is, mean, you get past that. This is the make or break point this for having it. a fantastic. You know, historic season. Having a historic season, or honestly, having a ten and two season, which you know what. It's not bad. It's, it's way better. I mean, beginning of the year, we'd say great. Beginning of the year, we would At this point in the year, it's a bit of a letdown. It would be a letdown. You lose to Iowa, I'll understand that. I'll forgive you, depending on how you lose. Yeah. You lose Northwestern, get out of here, you're a joke. I'm sorry. It's, right. a, it's a joke to me. Then, you know, all this hubbub, all this talk, then you know what? All these all these Wolverine fans are going to be correct in all yeah. their crap that they've been saying. And if I have to, if I have to eat that, I'm going to be very upset. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why with the Spartans, you can never get too high and too low. And you just got to let these weeks play out. It's, 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 you got to prove it on the field each week. Exactly. But we only have two and a half minutes left. And I have to tell you my interesting and enriching facts. And actually, this week, I'm changing it up. And it's really all about health, wellness. Yeah, a little like something that. to learn, a little something a little to better something. your life. Yes, exactly. Maybe at the end of next week, you will, you'll be healthier because of hearing these facts. <laughs> But the first one, approximately one to two calories are burned a minute while watching TV. Well, there you go. So it's so, a little bit actually. For all you couch potatoes, now you have an excuse to stay on the couch. <laughs> all right? You got one to two calories burned in a minute. So if you're watching, like, you know. Just, guy, don't, just don't be eating those potato chips that pack yeah, about 500 Yeah, that's calories. the thing. You can't be drinking the pop, the beer, and the potato chip. You can't be doing that. <laughs> but if you're just sitting there, you're good. All right, uh, approximately 25,000 workers died during the building of the Panama Canal, and approximately 20,000 of them contracted malaria and yellow fever. Yeah, that's it's a rough a, job. It really yeah, is. That, I mean, 25,000 workers dying? That's absolutely... I mean, how many people actually were working? That uh, seems like a ton of people to build this thing. That's, uh, I mean, 25,000, that's absurd. I mean, you think after the first 5,000 died, they would have, you know... Done something? Yeah, get some it. life jackets out there or something. something like you know, give me, some, give them, give them a malaria shot. Yeah. I don't know something. <laughs> All right, let's see. Asthma affects one in fifteen children under the age of eighteen. 
Yes, I know. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, luckily, I don't have asthma. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, for all you uh, you know parents in the future, or even parents now, don't smoke around your kids. Not yeah. in the car. Not in the house. You go outside because yeah. that is what leads, I think, a lot to kids having asthma. It certainly is. Those young developing lungs. You know, yes, can't take that sort of stuff. All right. Talking about smoking, still, at least seven percent of all healthcare costs in the United States are attributed to smoking. Well, that's only seven percent. See, yeah. I don't think that's too. Much. I want to see how much is you know contributed to it by obesity. Yeah. How about uh, how much does Burger King contribute yeah. to uh, our healthcare costs? Tell me that one, and then we'll I'll, I'll give this smoking one some more credibility. All right. At one time, it was thought that the heart controlled the person's emotions. Well, that was one time a I long time ago. That was a ways back. Sure. That was a ways back, and I think we've gotten a little smarter since then. <laughs> All right, babies that are exposed to cats and dogs in their first year of life have a lower chance of developing allergies when they grow older. I guess that makes That's sense. That's cool. Yeah. A lot of people are allergic to cats and dogs, so well, if you're exactly. around them, you probably get used to it. Yeah. See, the thing is, a lot of people get rid of their pets when they have babies because, yeah. you know, cats clawing, dogs jumping. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, babies' eyes do not produce tears until the baby is approximately six to eight weeks old. Actually, I knew this because I had a baby. And, uh, yeah, they don't they don't cry. They sound like they're crying. They're just they're just yelling a lot. Making noise. Yes. Uh, being lactose intolerant can cause chronic flatulence. That's unfortunate. So, yeah. <laughs> too bad for you. Uh, two more real fast. Between 12 to 15% of the population is left-handed. That's not me. But Johnny is part yeah. of that. <laughs> All right. Between 1997 and 2002, there was an increase of 228% in cosmic uh, cosmetic procedures in the United States. People, you look beautiful. Stop changing yourself. You don't need that nose job. All right. This is the end of Spartan Sports Wrap. I really appreciate everyone listening in. We'll be back next weekend with Megan. But my name is Dave Rinku. And I'm Johnny. You guys have a great night. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.